Greetings, and welcome to the FPC Sermon Reprisal. This is the sermon that was given the past Sunday, and we offer it here in podcast form for your listening enjoyment. Our sermon for March 21st, 2021 is called The Peacemaking Table. It comes from Luke 22:14 through 22, and the scripture is read today by June Vite. Greetings, Pastor Doug. I want to start just responding to the tragedy many of us heard about this week. Um, we heard of an awful tragedy dealing with a whole group of Asian women in Atlanta. And that has awakened many of our eyes to what has been a rising tide of domestic terrorism and hate crimes that have been visited upon our Asian brothers and sisters. Um, This is despicable and it is tragic. And many of you know this hits very personal for our family. Our daughter Zoe has faced insults and threats in Seattle um, from people, very narrow-minded people, who blame Asians for our current pandemic. Um, We need to affirm this is not just a different opinion that others hold. This is a lie. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Asian people are not responsible for our pandemic, and this is a lie that's been propagated that people that really ought to have known better. And that lie has caused an immense amount of harm, not just in Atlanta, but throughout our country. Um, So we stand today in solidarity with victims. We stand today against lies, especially those lies that result in death and harm and trauma. We pray for those who have been unfair targets of people's anger. We pray for the violence that has been a part, just a regular part of our country for years. And we pray today especially for these families that are facing so much grief and for our Asian brothers and sisters. Would you join me as we pray? Lord, this is an act of unspeakable tragedy. It's an act that we repudiate with our whole being. It is an act, Lord, that we pray we read about less and less. We pray that you would replace the urge for violence with peace. We pray that peace would descend upon our land and that there would not be these places of terrorism and awful, ugly incidents. And so, Lord, we pray for your peace. We pray for the grief these families are going through and that you would be their comfort. And of course, Lord, we pray that you would bring good out of these horrible, painful times and that you would turn these tragedies and bring light into this world. We pray in your name, Lord. Amen. I want to begin our time today thinking of a meal. Think of a time that you ate a meal with someone. It might have been a long time ago, um, but think of a memorable meal. Um, If you are getting to watch this with a group of people or with some other people, I encourage you maybe pause the video and share. What meal do you remember? What meal comes to mind? What do you think of when you think of a gathering of people enjoying food together? That has, for me, been one of the greatest losses of this season. Gathering and taking in food with other people. Um, Something sacred. Something very sacred happens when we gather and take in food together. Our language even betrays how important this is. One of our words is companion, 
we've spoken before how the word companion just literally means come with and pan bread. One literally whom with you share bread with. We try to think of fellowship without food and it's almost impossible. Food, gathering, togetherness, it has been joined together from the beginning of time and it's continued to this day. The Pharisees in the Bible used to call their tables little altars because they saw the sacred nature of eating together. One mark of the early church is that they ate together all the time. In Acts, it says they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. From the very beginning, eating together has been one of the key marks of Christian fellowship or Christian community. The best way we have to understand the kingdom of God is through the image of table fellowship. So many kingdom images involve this idea of table fellowship. Bonhoeffer wrote in his classic community book, Life Together, that scripture speaks of three kinds of community at the table that Jesus keeps with his own. The daily breaking of bread together at meals, the breaking of bread together at the Lord's Supper, and the final breaking of bread together in the reign of God. Something incredibly sacred happens when we gather together for a meal. It can be an elegant meal served on the finest bone china, or it could be slices of salami and cheese on an old wax piece of wax paper sitting on a rock. The food and the presentation, those are like the pastors at a religious wedding ceremony. They need to be there, but they are never, and they never should be, the main event. It is, though, the icing on the cake when the food is so good and when it is beautifully presented. Fellowship, though, is the main event. And the food doesn't taste as good when the talk is mean. The food isn't as enjoyable when the gathering is laced with barbs. We gather at a table. We give thanks. We participate together in a need that we all share. We all need food. We need food to fuel our bodies. We need drink so that we would not dehydrate. We need community. We need to converse. We tell stories, we reveal truths, we listen, we eat, we celebrate what it means to be truly human. 2,000 years ago, at every meal, there were two constants. There was the bread, and bread was the utensil of the meal. Bread was what transported the food from the table to the mouth. It was really the spork of the first century. And then there was the cup. It was often wine because wine lasted at room temperature. There was, remember, no refrigeration at the time. And at every Jewish meal, there was a cup, there was bread, and there was a blessing. A blessing over the bread, there was a blessing over the cup. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, sovereign of all, who brings forth bread from the earth. It is these two constants, the bread and the cup, that Jesus grabs onto. It's these two things that he says, do this in remembrance of me. So in our scripture today, the disciples have made preparation to share in the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the feast that is often called Passover. The meal takes place in what Luke calls a large room upstairs. This is often referred to as the upper room. 
And Luke even gives a little explanation because he's writing for those who are not always familiar with Jewish customs. He said, this is the feast in which the Passover lamb was sacrificed. I would like to take just a little time to add more cultural context than Luke added. The Passover dinner is this ancient meal often called the Seder. It's a special night. It's a rich and glorious meal. Early on in the meal, the youngest person stands and asks the four questions. The first question is, what makes this night different than all the other nights? And during the meal, that question is answered through ritual and song and food. The salvation story of Israel, the Exodus story, is told and retold every year. And every element of the meal helps in the telling. The salt water reminds us of the tears. The spicy horseradish reminds us of suffering. The sweet apple reminds us of God's consolation and comfort. There was the lamb that was slattered, slaughtered. There was the blood of the lamb that is explained that was brushed on the top of the door so that the angel of death would pass over that house and not take the life of the firstborn. And during the meal, there are four cups, four separate glasses of wine that represent the four expressions of deliverance we find in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. There's first the cup of sanctification, I will bring out. The cup of deliverance, I will deliver. The cup of redemption, I will redeem. And the cup of praise, I will take. And the cups are drunk while reclining, because free people are able to recline. And through the night, the cups are drained, leaning to one side. The food is eaten, the songs are sung, the salvation story is told. And in that context of that very meal, with all the rich symbolism and tradition, in that meal, Jesus does something remarkable. And so let us hear the story that is told in the Gospel of Luke. Will you join me as we pray? Lord, we thank you for your word and for the way that in your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we encounter you. Help us to encounter you today in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Please listen while June reads our scripture today. Our scripture reading today is Luke twenty-two fourteen to 22. When the hour came... He took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going 
as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The disciples are gathered together with Jesus. It has been a long journey to get here. It was chapters and chapters ago that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. It was questionable at times whether they were actually going to make it, but they do make it. And it is a dramatic moment. Jesus takes his place at the table. He is the host. He shares how much this meal means to him to eat with this group, especially before he suffers. He says he will not take it again. He will not eat. He will not drink until he all is fulfilled in the kingdom. And then he does something um, that appears in Luke only. He takes a cup, and we expect this was the first or possibly the second cup. And he encourages them to divide it among themselves. Honestly, we're, we're really not completely sure what's going on here. It only happens in the Gospel of Luke, and there is only speculation. Some speculate that this was a special blessing of honor, that a host could give to the people at the table, a special honor that is shared, that the cup is shared among them. Um, this is not the communion cup. This is just a cup that is shared at the very beginning. So it's with that blessing of that cup that Jesus gives it a rich meaning as he looks forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. We think of this day as Easter Sunday, when the kingdom comes, and we think of this day as the day when the kingdom will come and be completely fulfilled. And then, amidst all of this rich tradition, amidst the rituals, amidst the salvation story of Exodus, the cup, the tears, the lamb, etc., Jesus chooses the bread. The bread is a normal element. It was unleavened bread because the whole Exodus story is about unleavened bread because they have to go so quickly. And Jesus gives thank, the thanks. The Greek word for thanks is Eucharisto. That's where we get our word for Eucharist, the, because Jesus gives thanks as he breaks the bread. He blesses the bread, he breaks it, he gives it to them, and then here he pivots. And instead of using what would have been the normal words, he uses some different words. This is my body, he says, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We notice he doesn't say eat this in remembrance. He says do this. There's more than eating involved here. Do this in remembrance of me. And he does the same with the cup, the cup after supper. We don't know once again whether it was maybe the third cup or the fourth cup. The third cup, remember, is the cup of redemption. The fourth cup is the cup of praise. I lean toward the third cup of redemption because of the idea of the new covenant. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant is spoken about in the book of Jeremiah. Jesus is leaving them, but he will still be among them. He leaves them with a sacrament. He is going to be among them in person, but he leaves them for the rest of their history here with a sacrament, a mystery to remember, to celebrate, to do, a sacrament that continues to this day. 2,000 years later, we gather at the table. We remember the sacredness of table fellowship. And Jesus welcomes all his children. And even by ourselves, we sit at this large table, this table that runs around the world into all the different countries, through all the different tribes, this table that runs back through time 
and we give thanks and someone speaks the words that Jesus spoke and we break the bread and we share in the cup and we do this in remembrance of Jesus. Like the disciples on that night, we don't understand all of it. Some days we don't understand much of it at all, but we hold fast to the mystery of faith. We trust that he is present in the breaking of the bread, that he is present in the sharing of the cup, and he has invited each one of us to this feast. This is not an invitation where we just put another table, another, another chair up at the corner of the table. This is an invitation that there is a place set out for you with your name on it, with a little name card. And Jesus says, welcome, welcome brother, welcome sister. I'm so glad that you've accepted my invitation. It's all laid out for you. My whole diverse, beautiful, wonderful family, all who trust me are here. So let us prepare for communion. Let us prepare to come to this table. Would you join me as we pray? Lord, prepare our hearts to encounter you as we break bread and as we share in the cup. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of this sacrament, the mystery that we don't fully understand, but give us the arms to embrace all that is in it, the mystery of faith that you are present, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Purify our hearts with truth and guide them in your way. Sanctify our lives anew have mercy lord we pray that we may do what's pleasing in your sight and all the fullness of your sacrifice we break this bread we drink this wine done all you've done for us you 
Friends, as we meditate on Doug's words this morning and the scripture that we've heard and we prepare for communion, we invite you into some affirmation of faith words that you get to recite with us. These are words that are taken from the history of our Christian faith, and they are a way for us to confess together the goodness of God. It's something we practice because even in spaces of doubt, it is a way to claim God's faithfulness and goodness. So why don't you say these words along with me? This is the good news which we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved. If we hold it fast, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared first to the women, then to Peter and to the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our Lord and our God. Amen. Friends, let us enter into a time of communion. Hear this invitation from Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2. Ho, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Friends. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. Scripture tells us they will come from east and west and from north and south, and they will sit at table in the kingdom of God. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and he gave it to them. And then, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share the feast which he has prepared. Please join me in prayer. O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe, in your wisdom you made all things and sustained them by your power. You formed us in your image, setting us in this world to love and to serve you and to live in peace with your whole creation. When we rebelled against you, refusing to trust and obey you, you did not reject us, but still claimed us as your own. You sent prophets to call us back to your way. 
Then, in the fullness of time, out of your great love for the world, you sent your only son to be one of us, to redeem us and heal our brokenness. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with choirs of angels, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all the faithful of every time and every place who forever sing to the glory of your name. You are holy. O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. In Jesus, born of Mary, your word became flesh, dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. He lived as one of us, knowing joy and sorrow. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he opened blind eyes, he broke bread with outcasts and sinners, and he proclaimed the good news of your kingdom to the poor and the needy. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world. Rising from the grave, he won for us the victory over death. Seated at your right hand, he leads us to eternal life. We praise you that Christ now reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread, this wine, and we joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we wait the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Our prayer of thanksgiving is continued now by the FPC kids. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. And upon there's your gift of bread and wine. In the bread we In the cup we bless. May be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your spirit makes us one with Christ. that we may be one with all who share this feast. United in ministry in every place. It's Christ's body for us. Send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant shed with my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And every time you eat the bread, 
and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Creator of all, just as this broken bread was first scattered upon the hills and then gathered and become one, so may your church be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. This is the body of Christ given for you. Amen. This is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Amen. The gifts of God. Or the people of God. Doug, the body of Christ given for you because he loves you. Carrie, this is the body of Christ given for you. Carrie, this is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Would you join me in prayer? Loving God, we thank you that you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ. You've given us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet in your eternal kingdom. Send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise, to your glory, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Okay, wait, wait. Don't get up from the table yet. I want us just to stay at this table for just a short moment. I want us to take a breath. And I want us to look down the length of the table both ways. Who do you see? Who's at the table? Do you see friends from overseas? Do you see brothers from Africa, sisters from Asia? Maybe do you see people from our past? Grandparents, great-grandparents, friends, those who are now with Jesus, but join us at the table, the great cloud of witnesses. And let's remember, let's look back and remember who this first table included. It was a bunch of guys who seemed to never understand the stories that Jesus told. And three of them are going to sleep when Jesus asks them to stay awake with him. They're all going to desert him. They're all going to run and hide. One of them is going to deny him. One of them is going to betray him. Those are the people at this first table. Those are the people that Jesus offered communion, the special honor of gathering at this first table. He served each one of them, deserters and betrayer alike. So none of them were at the table because of their righteous conduct. None of them deserved to be there. They were a motley bunch. They were all there by the invitation of the host. And it was grace upon grace. And 2,000 years later, that is still true. None of us are at this table because we are deserving. None of us were invited because we are particularly worthy, because we've led righteous lives. We are all here because of grace upon grace. We are all here 
by the choice, the decision, the invitation of the host. Therefore, there is no judgment at this table. There is no pecking order at this table. There is no room for pride, no room for arrogance at this table. No one can look down on another guest at this table. We don't say which guest it is that is worthy or unworthy, for we are all unworthy. We are only here by the grace of the host. We know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, but the ground is level at the table as well. So stay for one more minute at the table. Let's look down the whole length of the table and let's remember who was gathered there. It included some bloodthirsty zealots, some people that were judgmental. We included some hungry fishermen. It included a tax collector. This group would not have gotten along with each other unless they had been unified by Jesus. And later on, the table grows, and it grows, and it welcomes women and Hellenistic Jews. It welcomes Samaritans. It welcomes Gentiles, Greeks, Romans, rich, poor, slave, free, and they all ended up together at the same table, tribes and nations that were bitter enemies but were sitting at the same table around Jesus. Communities divided by centuries would still sit at the same table because of Jesus, gathered together because Jesus reconciled them. Jesus united them. Jesus invited them. Jesus made them one body. Jesus is their unity. Jesus tore down the wall of hostility, it says in Ephesians, the wall of hostility that had previously divided them. Bonhoeffer in Life Together also says, that we relate to the other guests at the table through Jesus. I am just beginning to understand this incredible ministry. So this table is a peace table. This table is a shalom feast. In Jesus, we are reconciled to God. That's the vertical. But it's easy to forget that that's only half of the gospel because we are also reconciled to each other. He has made us one body. He has torn down the wall. We do not have to become unified. We do not have to create unity in the church. We have been unified. We have been made one body. We only need live into what was already accomplished by Jesus. At this table, we are in shalom with the whole body. And so if you look over there, you can see the charismatic brothers and sisters speaking in tongues. If you look over there, there are our Catholic brothers and sisters sitting meditatively as they receive Mass. And over there, there are the frozen chosen. Over there, the Messianic Jews. And there's Quakers and there's Southern Baptists. There's Methodists. There's the social justice act activist over there with the Black Lives Matter t-shirt. And he's breaking bread with a lifelong conservative. There's the evangelical preacher who's drinking kombucha with a vegan hippie. And we see black and brown and white and yellow, red, all pigments, all manners of, of melanin. We see east and west, north and south. We see all nations. We see rich and poor, middle class, conservative, progressive, neocon, liberal, socialist, capitalist, young, old, middle age, all seated at the same table, all invited by the same host, all there by the same grace upon grace of Jesus, all at peace, all spreading welcome to each other. So take that image, take a deep breath. This 
is the kingdom reality. What we see in the world, what we see going on, what we read about in the newspapers every day, that is not the final reality. This, this is the final reality. And soon we will get up from this table and we will go about our business. We will go out and do the work we are called to do in all the different places and contexts in which we are called to do it. And some people we see we will struggle with. And some people we see we will disagree with. And there will be brothers and sisters in the news saying things that we find deeply offensive. But remember, when you come upon those people, remember that you sat at the same table. I remember you. I remember you. You were sitting at the table. You were with me at the table. We broke bread together. You are my companion. We are united by Jesus. I've often told the story of Charles Colson. Charles Colson, for those of you who are a little younger, was Richard Nixon's hatchet man. He had a reputation for ruthless political maneuvering. He was known as a dirty trickster. He pled guilty for his role in Watergate and went to prison. Along that journey going to prison, he came to faith in Jesus. And in that season, he ended up at the same table with a man named Harold Hughes. Harold Hughes was a Democratic senator from Iowa. Harold Hughes was anti-war, Harold Hughes was anti-Nixon, and Harold Hughes was, by his own admission, anti-Colson. Listen to a quote from that time. Harold Hughes says, There isn't anyone I dislike more than Charles Chuck Colson. I am against everything he stands for. You could not find, at that time, more bitter political enemies, and they end up sitting at a meal at the exact same table. Awkward. And after a little bit of awkward exchange, Harold Hughes says, I hear you have put your faith in Jesus. Tell me about your journey. And Charles Colson begins to speak of how he has come to know Jesus and how the grace of Jesus has covered his life as he heads out to go to prison a place where he pled guilty. And in the middle of his story, Harold Hughes stops him. And he says, I don't need to hear anymore. We are brothers. We are brothers. I would give my life for you. And so began a friendship that lasted for decades. Charles Colson wasn't the only one who learned at that table. Here is a quote from Hughes. I've learned how wrong it is to hate. For years, there were men toward whom I felt consuming bitterness. I wasn't hurting them, only myself. By hating, I was shutting Christ's love out of my life. One of the men I hated most was Chuck Colson. But now, we share a commitment together in Christ. I love him as my brother. I trust him with my life my family, everything that I have. This week, we will come into contact with people that our puny little hearts are telling us we need to hate. But we have just eaten with them. We have just sat at the same table. They are our companions. We can't hate those we ate with. So go out today. Do the kingdom work that you are called to do. Do it with joy. 
Do it with grace. Do it with love. Do whatever you do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But take this shalom peace with you. Remember this table of peace and go with this blessing. And to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or even imagine by the power that is right now at work in our life, to him be glory today and forever. And all the followers of Jesus who sit at the peace table said, Amen. Thanks for listening to another FPC podcast. We encourage you to subscribe every week. You will be receiving some of the interviews that we do, as well as the sermon, as well as some of the music that we have. And we are also including some FPC special events. We encourage you to subscribe. Thanks for listening.